listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood sexologist. Every neighborhood needs one. Jess O'Reilly. And today we are going to be talking about kink and dominance and submission. And before we get started, a big thank you to At Desire Resorts for your support of this episode. They have multiple locations down on the Mayan Riviera. Clothing optional, couples only. Oh, Brandon's with me. He's a fan of Desire Resorts. Big fan. Big fan of Desire Resorts. He's just learning to use the mic, so just hang on. <laughs> he hasn't had his coffee yet this morning. Check them out online at Desire Resorts. Joining me today is Bex Caputo, a sex educator, blogger, storyteller, and podcaster. He has been a proud and undeniable kinkster ever since he insisted on being served his meals in a dog bowl at the age of eight. Uh, we have to talk about that. He's a Virgo, a Hufflepuff, a pup, and a trans queerdo who grew up in the pop punk, grew up into the pop punk boy he always had a crush on in high school. That's <laughs> maybe the best bio I've ever read. Okay, let's start here. Hufflepuff. Harry Potter reference. Oh, it's not even something kinky. No, sorry. <laughs> but it could be kinky if you it wanted it to. Yeah. Do you bring Harry Potter into the bedroom? I haven't yet. But now, try, yeah, tonight, make this happen. Tonight's your night. <laughs> okay, so an undeniable kingster. And when you were eight years old, you learned that you wanted to be served your meals in a dog bowl. Let's talk about that. So when I was eight, I spent like a, about a year pretending to be a cat. Like it was my favorite make pretend thing. Um, and my mom just encouraged me and made me like a tail and ears and made me like a little dog bowl with my name on it. And I used to like eat pasta out of it while watching Mary Poppins. And, uh, now I'm really into pet play, like as an adult and puppy play and stuff. Uh, and I told this story to someone like maybe a year or so ago and th they made the connection before I did. They were like, wait, how did you not know? <laughs> like the pet play thing was a surprise as an adult. I was like, oh, interesting. I guess I'm into that. <laughs> I'm totally down with eating out of a dog bowl. I just want to know, does it, did it continue moving forward? I haven't gone back to it, but yeah. I need to. Yeah. I you should. I think that'd be pretty cool. Just bring it a full yeah, circle, just, you know. Yeah, just, you know, one day having people over, I'm just going to eat my food out of this dish, <laughs> and it's got Fido on the side. There's a place in um, called Wicked Grounds in California. It's a kinky coffee shop, but if you're a pet player, they will put your, like, coffee or whatever into a dog bowl for you to eat out of. Hey, okay, so I, I definitely want to talk about pet play because we're starting there. <laughs> but first of all, if you were pretending to be a cat... Why did they get you a dog bowl and not a cat? But this is not a pet family, was it? <laughs> no. Well, we had dogs. Um, the dog bowl came from a dog-themed birthday party, and I just kept it. We okay. had, like, ice cream in it at the end of the party. Sorry, is this at the, is this at the cafe that we're talking about where they <laughs> serve? Because I want to know, how do they even know to give you your coffee in a dog bowl at the cafe? You must have to disclose in advance. Yeah. 
It's it's a kink cafe. It's a leather cafe. Okay, um, that's so they cool. do kink events and everything. And if you go there and ask for it, they will. Yeah. Okay, what's up? I want my coffee and uh, a dog bowl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next stop in LA is a place called Wicked Grounds. <laughs> yeah, I just hope their coffee's really good. I won't lie, I really like good coffee. I've heard good things. Okay. Brandon's a bit of a coffee snob. Okay. And if anyone follows my Insta stories, all I do in all my travels is have coffee. No caffeine. <laughs> Because I'm like a weak weakling like that. Yeah, you, got, you got no game. You got no caffeine game. <laughs> well, I'm already kind of wired. Okay, let's, there are a lot of things to talk about here, Bex. <laughs> but I think y- we need to define some terms. So yes. what what does kinky mean to you to begin with? Oof, that's a, that's a big one. It's kind of like defining sex. Like there's the easy definition but the more immersed you get into the culture it's like well is that a kink or i think everyone defines kink for themselves like for some people kink might be um just like putting on a blindfold and pulling out like a feather tickler and that sort of thing and that might be edgy for them and that might be new and for other people like i go to kink camp over the summer which is like a weekend of just going to a camp out in the woods and getting up to whatever weird shit you want to. Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, that's sort of adult camp, only like next level. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a huge range. For me, it's kind of a catch all term for anything, I guess, outside the norm of sexuality, whatever normal is. Right. And that makes sense that my kink might be your Tuesday night. Yeah. Where's Bex at camp? Oh. He's tied up in the woods. <laughs> we left him there overnight. Actually, that's the vanilla part. <laughs> and I, I use the word vanilla to, to reference anything that's, I think, seen as mainstream. Mm-hmm. But I also want to be really clear that I'm not using it as a pejorative because sometimes vanilla can be hurled around like a pejorative, right? So if, you, if you're kinky, you're cool. If you're vanilla, you're boring. And that's not necessarily the case because kink can be really hot and to some people certain kinks can be really boring yeah and vanilla is a flavor it's not plain like it's its own flavor with its own qualities that can be a lot of fun it's probably brandon's favorite ice cream flavor (laughs) no man like straight up i would i would have classified myself as vanilla when i i didn't i don't i really didn't know very much else it was like growing up you just wanted to have sex Mm -hmm. and that was the goal and there really wasn't much else. And there's so much more involved in that. But it was just like, I just want to have sex. I want to have the sex. The idea of kink <laughs> or, uh, you know, different types of relationships or different types of sex was just kind of next level. The goal was I would like someone to touch my junk. Right? <laughs> so that always uh, the goal? Yeah. And now it's, now, you know, the... I've heard the vanilla with sprinkles, you know, you just kind of start working your way in and then you learn what you like and what you don't like. But I totally have a question for Bex on this topic, which is how did, I mean, aside from the dog bowl thing, which (laughs) probably opened the door to maybe I like some different things. How are you comfortable kind of explaining your journey into the world? Like how did it evolve from the beginning? See, that's interesting. So, There's kind of a theory that people who are kinky come to it in two different ways, right? You have the people that have always been kinky, that that's just how they identify sexually. And then you have the people who meet someone who's kinky Mm -hmm. and learn through that, 
that, oh, this is a thing that I might want to try. And I'm definitely of the former group. As I explored sexuality, like, I was reading fan fiction in high school, and I was like, okay, but where's the weird shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was that guy. I was, like, Googling dungeons and being like, huh, what is this thing? How does this work in, like, 10th grade? Um, so, like, my curiosity around sexuality was always a curiosity around kink, and it kind of, the more I learned... Uh, the more I realized I was into, and I'm still exploring that. Like, there are still kinks I'll find out about and be like, wow, that's interesting. Like, I want to learn more about that. I don't know if I'm into it, but, like, that's interesting. And then, like, a month later, I'm like, well, shit, I'm into this too. All right. <laughs> I, I got to say, I love the growth mindset, even in this realm where you're just like, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn, even if it's not your jam, you're just kind of like, I'd like to know more about it, which must keep it constantly evolving and kind of spicy too. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I do what I do, because everything about sex fascinates me. So when I meet someone who's into a thing that I'm not into, even if it's a thing that kind of squicks me, my first thing is like, well, tell me more about that. Tell me about why that turns you on. Like, tell me about your experience with that, because I'm just naturally really curious. And then hearing someone who's passionate about something explain it to you is the easiest way to get on board with something new. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah. And you said the word squick. So let's just, what, what does squick mean? Because I'm sure Brandon didn't. I'll let you explain. It mostly means what it, so what it sounds like, but it's that like visceral feeling of like, ooh, which like, I don't like to judge other people's kinks, like live your life, you know, I'm not here to shame you for what you're into, but there are certain things that like give me that like visceral response right away where I'm just like, oh, okay. Let's learn more about that. <laughs> and you cannot like something and you can be turned off by something and you can even have that visceral response where you're like, that actually makes me feel kind of gross or sick and not judge. Yeah, right? exactly. And that's something, you know, when I was in school, uh, we, we went to a dungeon and we did the tours and whatnot. And for some people, it was super new. And for some of us, we're like, yeah, we've seen people set on fire before. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting to watch my classmates because... Not everybody was into everything. Like, for instance, I don't want to be set on fire. I'm more into the emotional side of kink than the physical mm -hmm. side of kink, which I'd like to talk a little bit about because I think people are kinkier than they realize. Yes. Right? I think everybody has experimented with the emotional side to some degree with some dom-sub stuff to some degree. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like this huge leap where it's like, I'm vanilla today, but to by, you know, by Friday... I will be kinky. It's not always such a stretch. But I did observe that there were people who really wanted to learn and had, as Brendan said, that growth mindset, which Brendan, babe, you really have in life. Brendan's just really open to learning. And that's what makes you a great partner, whether you are into things or not, you're really open to it. But then there were the people who were like sitting there with their face screwed up, super mm. judgmental. And I thought, you know, I don't want, I'm, I'm hoping you are not my sex therapist, because that's, that's, to me, a very frightening prospect. You don't have to like something, but if you're judging it, what does it really say about you as opposed to the person doing it? But I do feel like sometimes, like, I'm guilty of making those faces only because of my own discomfort. Okay. Like, I can remember the time where you were at one of the... Um, everything to do with set or the taboo show, the sex show. And there was a person there who liked to be stepped on and specifically in the crotch region. Yeah, his name was his name is the human carpet. He's super cool. And I have walked on his scrotal sack with my stilettos. Look at Brandon is in pain. Just oh. You can't even brush up against this guy's balls. I just and that's why. No, man, come on. Like someone 
kind of hits you in the crotch with their hand, I'm down on all fours. I'm he I'm dry heaving. I'm like sucking wind. <laughs> so the prospect and and I make that face. That what was the term you called it again? Squick. Squick. I would make the squick face, not because. I'm judging that person because, but because I'm thinking about somebody stepping on my crotch and honestly how much pain I would be in. Yeah. So when I do that, it's not because I'm judging you. It's because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I could not handle that. Yeah, actually I've had a similar reaction to skin suspensions. Yes. So when I've seen people yeah. hanging from the high, high ceilings with the piercings in their skin, I, I totally respect that they're into that. I actually think it's amazing yeah. that they're into that. Meanwhile, you know, I, I can't even like handle a light, a light tap on the foot, but it just makes me feel physically uncomfortable because I couldn't handle it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've, uh, last time I was at camp, I walked past someone like mid hook suspension and I was like, what's happening over there? Oh, I'm going to walk over here. <laughs> Y'all have fun with that. Cause like, I'm going to the anal fisting table. That yes. seems a lot less painful to me. Um, look yeah. at his face, Brendan again, <laughs> babe, you just lots of lube, lots of relaxation, lots of arousal and your duck beak. I am not even thinking about the anal fisting. I'm thinking about somebody being suspended by their skin. Like, that just seems like overload. Babe, have you never seen it? Oh, I mean, I've seen photos of it. I've never seen it in person. Again, full disclosure, my experience in the kink realm has been f somewhat limited in comparison to maybe what other people in this uh, industry or room <laughs> have, well, have experienced. And I'm not ashamed of it. It's just what I've seen and what I've experienced. So my again, my experience has just been very limited in, ter in terms of what I've seen and, and participated in. I, I want to talk a little bit about our experience because people are always, I think, interested in real life stories as opposed to the data. So one, one way that I see our sex life currently is that we are kind of emotionally kinky, mm -hmm. but not physically kinky. Uh, so I'll, I'll disclose a little bit. I, I like the feeling of being challenged. Mm-hmm. I actually like, I don't like to feel humiliated, but I do like to feel inadequate. Okay. I like to feel threatened sexually in terms of worrying that I might be insufficient. Okay. Right? Which is the opposite of what most people in the world want to feel really comfortable and safe and appreciated and valued. Um, but my thing is, I feel really loved and I mm -hmm. feel really um, taken care of and I feel really honored. And so once, to me, like I have that underpinning and so I can go to these places that mm -hmm. emotionally are really scary, but it doesn't feel scary. It feels really pleasurable. So no whips, no chains, no suspensions, no fire, no cupping, like physically, that's just not really what we do right now. I mean, usually we just got to get like, get it in fast, <laughs> fast and quiet, fast and quiet. Literally. <laughs> um, but do you see a lot of that? Do you differentiate between the psychological side of kink and the physical side of kink? And do you have to navigate those waters differently? Or do you find that there more, more people cross over? Or is there really no pattern? I find a lot of people cross over um, and explore both things. In my own experience of kink, all the physical stuff I do is just to amplify the psychological stuff I play with. Um, I think, so the thing about playing with power, so like you were talking about, I really enjoy, um, similarly, 
feeling just a little bit off kilter. Like, I just can't get my footing. I'm just a little, like, this person has a little bit more control than I do, and I'm just in that little bit of an uncomfortable place um, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and that kind of, like, discomfort can be really fun to play with. But I think... So we live in a culture where power dynamics are just embedded into it, right? And for me, playing with that through kink gives me a little bit of power over it in a way that I don't in the rest of the culture. So I think what you're, if you can tell me if I'm correct, you're saying that the kinky power dynamics give you an opportunity to subvert some of the real life power dynamics. And that is, first of all, it's powerful. Whether you're a dom or a sub, that is incredibly powerful, but really erotic too, to take something that I, I think for a lot of us right now, feels very traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Like when we look at the political climate, now we're Canadian, but we're dealing with our own stuff too. Um, but when we, when we look at like how, whether it's your gender identity or your sexuality um, or your age or, or your race or your religion, there's something about finding a space where you can escape from that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I see sense I see sex as a big sense of escape. And I think that's why in real life I don't want to feel inadequate. In fact, I'm obsessed with people liking me and it's a problem. <laughs> right? It's yeah. it's actually a problem. I've had a psychologist on the podcast try and help me with it. Still working on it. <laughs> she was actually amazing, but I, I need to do the work. But I wonder if that's part of why I like to feel so inadequate in bed. And and it also is underpinned by the fact that I, I have this long term partner who makes me feel amazing. Like in real life, I, like I, I'm, I'm just really taken care of in that way. So do you, do you see that a lot where people take something that they're struggling with and turn it into something positive? Yeah, absolutely. It allows you to take power over something, right? Um, some of the things, like I was talking about these like built-in power dynamics in the world, some of the things that I play with um, are actually like some of the things I like to be humiliated about mm-hmm. are things that genuinely give me less power in life, um, like queerness and transness and that sort of stuff. I, in my play and some of my like darker stuff that I play with, I use derogatory terms for queerness and transness uh, and kind of eroticize it because I'm able to create the power over that. I built that scene. I built the environments in which that happens, and I can control it, and I can come back out of it, whereas I can't do that if someone's slinging those words at me on the street. Right, and I think a very simple example of that would be a woman, for instance, wanting to be called a slut. Exactly, yeah. I'd love to interject scenes. So as somebody who's not, again, into the kink realm very much, I understand from reading your blog that you create scenes mm-hmm. when you uh, when you and your partner are, are kink play. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Playing, playing. Yes. playing. Sorry, when you're playing. So how do you come up with the scenes? Is is there always a scene? How do you come up with the scene? Do you talk about the scene in advance? I mean, I hope you do, but yeah. yeah what? Tell me all about that. So scene is um, kind of just the kink lingo for a period of play. So like in vanilla term, when you're having sex in kink, that would be a scene um, from the start of play to the end of play. So it's not necessarily a scene like you would do in like a school play with a script and that kind of thing. <laughs> Get a director. So yeah. my scenes would be very quick. <laughs> Let's just start yeah. there. Um, well, so I think some of the language we use around kink, like scene and play, 
kind of harkens back to like what we're doing is grown up make pretend. Like much it's cooler just, make pretend. Come exactly, on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's it's still just using all those same muscles you flexed when you were a little kid and you were like, let's play cops and robbers. Um, same kind of thing. It's and I I like to talk about that because I think a lot of people come to kink like we are going to have the serious kink scene now with all of the leather and the dark room with the red paint on the wall. Mm. Um, which like you doesn't totally sound bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's totally a thing, and you totally can. But also, that's a lot of pressure for some people, right? If I do, I have to be the big scary dom during the whole scene and like have complete and total control. Like, no, you can you can be goofy sometimes. Something can get messed up, and you can giggle and move right back into it. Right, and and be playful. Exactly, because you are playing roles, and yeah. people often play like two of the roles we talk about are the dom and the sub. Mm-hmm. And some people play dom and sub in bed. Mm-hmm. Do we need a quick definition? I can run through it. Um, so I'll probably use uh, two different words for each. So uh, dom and top and sub and bottom. So a dominant is a person who has the power and has the control. A top is the person who's doing the action. Often those things overlap, but not always. Right. So you can be a dom and be in charge, but you can be tied up and being pegged. Yes. And that's very confusing for people. I think people think if you're a dom, you have to be doing the acting, the be in control. Right. And I have, um, with a dominant I used to date, I have pegged him and just did it exactly how I was told to because I was still submitting. I was still, a lot of my submission comes from a place of service. So I still was serving him. This is a thing that he really enjoys and that I was offering and giving to him. Um, in exactly the way he wanted to. So I was still submitting even if I was topping. Right. And then bottom and sub. Other side of the coin. So a submissive is someone who is relinquishing some of their power and um, choosing to allow the other person to control what was happening. And a bottom is someone who receives an action, whether they're receiving impact or receiving penetration or whatever that might look like. Would it be fair to say it's a differentiation between role and action yes okay and you can be a dom and you can be a sub and you can be a switch mm-hmm. yeah and a switch is someone who jumps back and forth between the two roles whereas a verse is someone who switches back and forth between top and bottom that's language oh. that's super common in like gay male culture okay and you don't have to memorize it all because i can see brandon like when even when you're asking the questions that you're feeling nervous that you're going to say something wrong and if you're learning you're just learning that's fine yeah yeah man i'm totally going to say the wrong thing and that was something that we talked about before i'm always afraid of incorrect use of terminology of of pronouns of 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 all these things but i am always trying to be cognizant and trying to make an effort. So I want to go back though, to the yes. scenes. Yes. I got to get through that. Because I'm thinking. Brandon totally thinks he's going to be a tree in a school play. <laughs> no. I'm the tree. I'm the tree. It's like some Star Wars stuff. I'm a stormtrooper. And then, you know. <laughs> no, but like really, how do you, so you and your partner decide that you want to play. Mm-hmm. And, partners. Or, or partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you decide, how do you paint how do you create the script how do you not the actual script you get what i'm saying but like how do you come up with the scene and how does it roll how do you roll with it so generally i'll sit down with someone and kind of decide okay why am i excited about playing with them like what is it about uh this person and in this moment that i really want to do and i'll throw and we'll throw some stuff out there like here are some things i'm into here are some things that i find interesting and you Sorry, I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of giggling because I'm thinking of the Billy Madison thing. <laughs> Have you seen the movie? Was it which which one was it? And he's like, I'm thinking of a stuffed ox 
two golf clubs and some ice cubes and then you just kind of roll with it no no one knows what i'm talking about all right i have no clue what you're talking about anyway adam sandler reference keep going <laughs> someone who's listening it thinks you're hilarious right yeah now, but promise. nobody here hi mom <laughs> so anyway we've come up with a bunch of um topics we've thrown ideas out right mm-hmm. and now what do we do with them well, so a great rule for throwing ideas out for someone who really doesn't know where to start is a yes, no, maybe list. Um, the idea is you get a big list of ideas and sort them into three columns. Yes, I'm interested in this. Maybe on the weekend, maybe if I learn more about it, maybe if, you know, you explain to me why you're really into it. Yeah. And Maybe if I like you more. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and no, I'm not down to try that. And then you sit down and compare what's on your le- yes list. And the places where it overlaps is where you go, okay, well, let's maybe build something out of this. And that's a really great tool, first of all, in life, but in any mm-hmm. any realm of sexuality, wh- whether you're creating a scene or being kinky or just having, not just, having vanilla sex. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I like to, one thing I do like to do when I'm creating a yes, no, maybe list, though, is to differentiate. Uh, I create two columns for yes. So to differentiate between, yes, this is something I'm into and like will actively pursue, and yes, this is something I'm willing to do if you're super into it. Because those can both be 100% authentic yeses, right? Um, but I don't want to do something that I'm doing this because it really gets me off to see how much my partner is into it if it's not on their into right. list, if they're doing it because it gets them off to see how much I'm into it. Right. So you're both doing it because you think the other is into it. Right. 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 Okay. I'm, I'm sure we've done that at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I, I, without complicating the whole process, I like the idea of just creating a list because it makes you think about what you're into. And yeah. then that goes back to, harkens back to what you're, Jess, you're always talking about, which is dialogue. It's all about starting communications. Uh, communication and this list all of a sudden I look at the list and I maybe look at your list and I'm like wow you're into that that's cool let's let's go there yeah right how do you even find things on that list if you're brand new at this well so if you google yes no maybe list I have one uh, full disclosure but a lot of and your website is bextalksex.com okay slash yes no maybe with hyphens in between so b-e-x talkssex.com. Yes. Okay, so you can check that out. And you also have a podcast with, I'm sure, a lot of information because I'm sitting here and we, we have to wrap up shortly, but I, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> we ha- First of all, I want to know um, what is the wildest, in your opinion, thing oh. you've seen at kink camp and how does one register for kink camp? <laughs> it, can, it can also be outside of kink camp, just the <laughs> craziest thing you've seen. But on the topic of your podcast, best name, <laughs> Thank Best you. name. <laughs> Dildorks? The Dildorks, yeah. Yeah, that's just cool. I don't know. Uh, that's my pet name for you behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the wildest thing I've seen at Kink Camp. Uh, um, I would say the hook suspension is up there. Um, I did see a scene that uh, where someone was selling Girl Scout cookies, um, and she was in, like, her Girl Scout uniform and was selling them for hugs. So I, like, went over and got a Thin Mint in exchange for a hug, and it was really adorable. And then, like, I walked away and came back, and um, people had, like, knocked all the cookies on the floor and had her, like, bent over the cookie table and, like, (laughs) were having this really intense kink scene. (laughs) I I like that 
you're illustrating, I think, the range of kink too, though. It yeah. can be really tender and gentle. It doesn't have to be physically rough. It doesn't even have to be emotionally rough. No. And that's what makes the definition of kink so varied and so individual. Do you have a podcast where you talk about kink camp? Because I'm picturing a whole bunch of adults rolling in on a yellow school bus. <laughs> and then you get off and there's like a person in a Girl Scout outfit as a counselor, another person in like covered in leather with like a giant whip. And these are your counselors for the week. <laughs> like, I feel like you need to give me some idea. Like, you know, again, we don't have time for it now, but that's fascinating. <laughs> I have talked about it. I haven't done a um, full episode on it. I can uh, I can send you links for episodes. I've mentioned it on, though, if you want. Okay, we're going to put the yeah. links on my website page. So if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or another app, if you head over to sexwithdrjess.com slash podcast, we're going to make sure that on Bex's episode, y'all can find links to Kink Camp. Where <laughs> is Kink Camp? It's in uh, like an hour or so north of Baltimore. Um, so not so far. No. And how uh, many people go? Quite a few, couple hundred, um, depending on. So there are multiple camps. Um, Dark Odyssey is the one I'm talking about. They do uh, summer camp and fusion. Those are the two camps over the summer. It's at the same campground. Um, there's also Camp Crucible is on the same campground. So is Ramble Grew and a couple of other events. Um, but it's this huge campground. A uh, little bit north of Baltimore, and you just hang out for a weekend. It's clothing optional. They have, um, they create dungeon spaces on like the basketball courts, and there's a barn that has a dungeon in it. Um, and there's workshops and classes, and just plenty of time to play. I feel so vanilla <laughs> right now. Well, I'm just, it's incredible. I think that's awesome. Like you go for a weekend, and again, like I got a million questions for you right now. It's like. Is, are there classes that you take? Are there, you know, do you eat together? What do you, you know, like, hey, we just didn't. Like, what do kinksters eat? Is what he's like, well, Brandon, they eat from the same <laughs> Well, one person's eating out of a dog bowl and the other person's, right? I just think that that would be super cool to go to for the weekend. But once again, somebody who's getting into the industry or industry, sorry, but when somebody's getting into kink, how do you, like, I'd be, I'd be totally, I'd be insecure, I'd be uncomfortable, I think, even going, like, taking the plunge. So they must have, like, an introductory camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have, so you can go to kink events in your own city before being like, oh, I'm going to go for a full weekend, because there are also, like, hotel events and stuff that you can go to that are full kink events. Um, but starting, like, just going to FetLife and looking up, uh, it's called a munch, yeah. which is the, you go in your, you don't wear like your kink gear or whatever. You go in your vanilla clothes, you meet at a diner or a bar or something and hang out with a bunch of other people in the scene and just get to know them and talk to them. A lot of places will require you go to a munch before you go to one of their play parties just so that like we've seen your face before and we know, you know, that you're chill. And you're not being creepy because... yeah. It's one thing to observe with permission, whether you're at a kink party or you're at camp or you're in a dungeon or you're at a sex club. And it's another thing to, to kind of leer and treat people like they're animals in a cage. Yeah. Do you ha take applications? Do they take applications for kink camp to make sure that, you know, it's not just somebody coming to report on them? Kink camp is um, you just register and you can go. It's such a big event um, that they're not quite as like 
rigorous on their screening process as some other events are, but there are other events um, that will like even require you to bring a buddy. So there's oh. someone who you are accountable to. So mm-hmm. if you get kicked out, they get kicked out and vice versa. So I need a new buddy is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, we, we do have to wrap up. I want to yeah. ask one last question. If your partner says, I want you to learn to be a dominant or I want you to be more submissive, where do you begin? My favorite place to begin, uh, honestly, is to find an archetype in like media or something that you can really resonate with. And it can be fun. Like I said, it's grown-up make-believe, right? You can find this archetype and be like, all right, well, I like I don't really feel like a dominant, but I saw this movie Secretary and I really resonate with that kind of dominance. Or even like I watch a lot of Supernatural and what would Dean Winchester be like if he was a dominant? Um, and then you're not the one doing these things. You're just pretending to be Dean Winchester and he's hitting someone with a paddle, not you. And you can kind of step into this role without being really vulnerable in yourself and kind of explore what that looks like and build from there on what your own dominance can look like. That, that's such great advice. It sounds like you're playing a role within a role. Yeah. And you can also use, I, I would think, those characters as fodder to discuss what you're into, mm-hmm. right? To gauge, okay, so you want me to be a dominant. Do you want me to be a dominant like this character or like that character? Is it the mm-hmm. way they walk? Because I can say dominant, and you can think it means pick me up, throw me around, and spank me. But what I may mean is that I want you to slowly and quietly control me. So that, like the words are so subjective, and I love yeah. the idea of looking at pop culture uh, yeah. as a frame of reference, and even just as a conversation starter. Yeah, I also really encourage folks to share their erotica and the porn that they're watching or whatever... I think it's really fun to create like a mutual blog that you can both add things to. Yeah. There's a lot of discourse around like not wanting to top from the bottom, wherein the person submitting, you don't want to be in control of the scene you're supposed to submit, which can be used a lot to throw at people to not make them want to advocate for their desires, mm. which is garbage. And that, that's another discussion about the power that a sub has that we, right. we don't have time for. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you have plenty on your podcast. Yes, absolutely. Um, but having this like shared erotic resource is a really great way to kind of communicate, here are some ideas, here are some things I think are hot. And then the dominant can, like you've built the playground and the dominant decides what you're going to play inside that playground. Right. Okay. So it's, it's a playlist. You mm-hmm. can choose from it. It's like sending cute cat videos. Exactly. But except it more be, naked. Yay. <laughs> you know, cats are naked and we don't make a big deal about it, but human nudity is the end of the world. Yeah. Did you see those little covers for dog butts? No. There's this little thing because apparently the dog butthole is too offensive when its tail is up. This is American, obviously, not German. And it hangs over the tail to cover the dog butthole. Okay. We have some serious problems around nudity. We really do. We have some, no wonder people are just taught to hate their bodies. Yeah. But you're, you're helping to eradicate that issue. You're doing amazing work. People can find you at Bex Talks Sex online at BexTalksSex.com and on your weekly podcast. Brandon, what's it called? 
Still dorks. <laughs> if you'd like Brendan to record your intro and extra, he's available for free voiceover work. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thank you, and thank you to you for listening. Thank you to our supporter, biggest supporter, at Desire Resorts. To all of you, wherever you're at, I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Friday morning, as we always are. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.